Welcome to The Rock Church, a vibrant, enthusiastic, edgy church meeting in West Bridgeford, Nottingham. You can find out more about us by visiting the-rock.org.uk. We hope you were blessed by this message. Afternoon, ladies. So, I want you to think for a minute, if you had to compare your life to a fairy tale, what would it be? What character would you play? So I was thinking about this, and I love the story of Cinderella. And I thought, well, we can't go for a conference called Once Upon a Time without listening to a fairy tale. So I'm sure you all know the story of Cinderella. You've probably seen the film. You've probably read the book. You've probably read it to your kids, the grandkids. It's one of those stories, isn't it, that goes through time. Um, But what I want to do first is just show you, um, it's just a little YouTube clip about three minutes, just over three minutes long of the Cinderella story, just to jog your memories, because I'm going to be talking on the back of it. Can we put that on? Cinderella. Once there was a girl named Cinderella. She lived with a mean stepmother and two older stepsisters. Cinderella was beautiful and kind, and the stepmother and sisters were jealous. They were ugly and mean, so they put Cinderella to work. Cinderella worked morning, noon and night for them, doing all their chores. She swept the floor, did the laundry, cleaned the chimney, even rubbed feet. And when she was done working, she had to sleep in a closet under the stairs. She was very lonely and very sad, but she had a good heart. One day, the handsome prince invited all the young ladies in the land to a ball. He planned to choose a wife from one of them. Cinderella's two stepsisters couldn't wait to go. But they said maids like Cinderella weren't allowed. After the stepsisters dressed up and left, Cinderella cried. But her fairy godmother magically appeared and made magic. She turned a pumpkin into a golden coach, mice into horses, a rat into a coachman and lizards into footmen. Then she turned Cinderella's rags into a beautiful gown, complete with a pair of delicate glass slippers. Cinderella was whisked off to the ball, but had to return by midnight or else. At the ball, everyone was entranced by Cinderella especially the prince. He danced and danced with Cinderella, and it got closer and closer to midnight. She had to break away from the prince and run, but lost a slipper going out the door. The prince chased her, but all he found was her slipper. She'd magically vanished. The prince kept the slipper and promised to marry the girl that fit it. The prince went from town to town and tried the slipper on every woman in the land. When the prince arrived at Cinderella's, the stepsisters pretended the slipper was theirs. 
One stepsister's foot was too long. She failed. One stepsister's foot was too wide. She failed. Cinderella wanted to try, but the stepsisters wouldn't let her. But the prince insisted Cinderella try. And the slipper fit perfectly. The prince married Cinderella and they lived happily ever after. And the stepmum and stepsisters, they now work morning, noon and night for Cinderella. Oh, did you like that story? It's actually a bedtime story, so if you fell asleep, you need to wake up now. So, the story of Cinderella, it's great, isn't it? And the stepsisters get what's coming to them at the end. There's a man called Michael Griffiths, and he once wrote a book with the title Cinderella with Amnesia. Now, this cover shows Cinderella. She's sat by the fireplace. She's got the glass slipper in her hand. You can see it on there. And her face reveals utter bewilderment. She obviously has no idea where it's come from or what she's doing. She's, she's forgot. She's got the slipper in her hand. And although somewhere there's a prince that pursues her as the love of his life, she's completely forgotten. She has no idea of the wonderful future that she's got. What an absolute tragedy. We've just seen the story of Cinderella and she had the night of her life and yet she's sitting here with the, the slipper in her hand and she can't even remember what it was or what was to behold her. And there's a story a bit like this in the Bible, and it's about the Israelites. It's the story of Israel sitting in exile in Babylon, forgetting who they are and the grace that they possess. The Israelites living in Jerusalem will be taken captive in Babylon. And just as Cinderella wasn't happy doing the household tasks and chores, the Israelites weren't happy about being stuck in Babylon. Have we got anyone in the room today that loves staying at home and doing household chores? <laughs> safe studio you can come and clean my house then <laughs> so I know I certainly don't I'd rather be doing anything than cleaning up and Kate's already told us the same thing this morning she don't like cleaning up either and to be honest I feel like it's the only thing I've been doing for the last couple of weeks because I've um, just put my house on the market about three weeks ago so if you've it's the first time I've experienced this that every couple of days we've had a view in so it's like oh, tidy everything up then to make it worse I've got a 16 year old daughter that you can't see the floor in a bedroom so she cleans it up and then two days later oh mum we've got someone else coming round I'm like yes get it in the cupboards so you're putting everything away making your house look like a show home and then I've got a ring in me while I'm at work going mum where's the bread I've got nothing for lunch I'm like it's, it's hiding in the cupboard <laughs> it's hiding everything away so it's, it's been a bit of a nightmare two weeks actually I'm hoping I've sold it now though so I've got, I haven't got to clean up as much the Uber can go away but imagine being stuck at home with all your cleaning like Cinderella but then on top of that being tormented constantly day in day out being told that you've a low position that you're worthless that you, you're not going to amount to anything I mean it's bad enough being left cleaning up isn't it but then being told that on top of that and this is what Cinderella was experiencing with the stepsisters and if you've been feeling like that despised Cinderella today God has something to say to us that he wants you to know that your tormentors will not overwhelm you. They won't have the last laugh because you will. 
And, and why? Because we have a heavenly father who loves us and he's looking out for us. Do we believe that today? That we have a heavenly father that's looking out for our best interests. And Isaiah commands Jerusalem to awake. And he says this in Isaiah 52 verse 1. Awake, awake, O Zion. Clothe yourself with strength. Put on your beautiful clothes, O holy city of Jerusalem. Rise up from the dust, O Jerusalem. Sit in a place of honour. Remove the chains of slavery from your neck, O captives, daughter of Zion. I love that scripture. That you know, We've heard this morning already from Kate that we're a strong power. Well, if we're going to be that strong power, then we need to live this scripture. Isaiah saw a vision of, of Zion in the future, a future where exile adored them to their spiritual inheritance. Bondage, sin, and misery, it, it gave them amnesia. They forgot who they were. And Isaiah was saying, look, wake up. This is who you are. You forgot. You've got, you've got freedom in your hand. You've got the slipper in your hand. You can't remember what's, what's coming. And, and he tells him to put on two kinds of clothing. First, he says, clothe yourself with strength. Get ready for action. God is about to do something new. And he's laid out your clothes of strength for you to put on. And then he says, put on clothes of splendor. Clothes that bring to mind royalty and priestly reverence. He was basically saying, Come, become who you were meant to be, Israel. Isaiah says that they'd been um, violated by the Babylonians and they'd made to feel like dirt. And this, this is where this part of the Cinderella story comes in. So you've got the rags and the mop and the, the person that she was before that she went to the ball. And you know that is when your dignity has been torn down, your dreams may have been crushed, your personal worth seemingly devalued. You may have felt it when your sins convince you that you're unworthy of God's grace. You know, sometimes we know that we're God's child, but we just don't feel like we're making it. We just don't feel righteous, even though we are. That's not what God's saying. That's just what we're saying. And, and this is where we get stuck in this part of the story, don't we? We're looking down, we're looking down at the slipper, forgetting who we are, forgetting what God says about us. And, and we've got our rags on and we've, we've got our mop and, we, and we're, we're feeling downtrodden. But Isaiah says, wake up, snap out of it, shake off the dust, sit enthroned, free yourself from the chains. God's people have been sitting in the dust like prisoners and he's saying, come on, shake it off. Sit on the throne as his queen. And this is where this side comes in. Look at that beautiful dress. It's amazing, isn't it? And, you know, this is, this is where we want to be. The new clothes that have been laid out for us. We don't need to be enslaved anymore because we're Cinderella. Take off the old rags. Here's the beautiful gown. Your prince has been looking for you. I know which one I'd rather be dressed in if, we, if it was out the two. And... I looked up a few definitions of Cinderella. The first one is, it's a person or thing whose merit, value, or beauty is for a time unrecognized. And then there's another definition of Cinderella. Someone or something, especially a sports team, that achieves success when people think they're unlikely to. And then this is my favorite one, definition of Cinderella. The name Cinderella is sometimes applied to a person or group that undergoes a sudden transformation, such as an athletic team that loses frequently and then starts to win steadily. 
loses frequently, but then starts to win steadily. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> you know, God wants to transform some of us today into this beautiful Cinderella dress. And you may be looking at the dress thinking, there's no way I'm ever going to fit in that. There's no way that you can ever free me from this pain. There's no way you can heal me from this guilt or take this shame away what I'm feeling. Well, you know, we may never physically fit in this dress. I can tell you now, there's no way I would never physically fit in this dress. I was quite serious. said, is that yours? I was like, you're joking, aren't you? <laughs> I think it must be a size six. So I think if we're honest, even a six months diet, I would not fit in that dress. I hardly fitted in this one this morning. I was like, that was the zip at the side. I will get in this dress today. But, you know, God's not talking about us putting that dress on, but he wants to clothe us with his beautiful clothes. And so that we can start to win steadily. That he wants to transform us. And we have someone here today who God has transformed into this beautiful dress. And she's been a friend of mine for a long time now. And so we've had a lot of conversations about things and about all about to do with image and to do with this. And this person always felt a bit like Cinderella. But now she's winning because she's allowed God to come in and bring her freedom. And so that person is Julie G. So give her a massive welcome because she's going to come and give her testimony to us. Come on, Julie. Hi everyone. Hi. So um, when Debs asked me to give a short testimony today, and she told me it was based around the Cinderella story, I thought, well, I better pray about it. So I did, and I really felt the Lord wanted me to mention the Ugly Sisters. So the Ugly Sisters are very, very different to Cinderella, and they. You know, Cinderella was beautiful, she was kind. I've got this kind of image of her to be really glamorous, um, slim, gorgeous hair, beautiful skin, what society says is beautiful. Whereas the ugly sisters were portrayed as physically ugly and the total opposite of what society says is beautiful. So my question is, what is ugly? So for a very long time, I struggled a lot with body image issues. I know now it was a type of body dysmorphia. I was obsessed with looking in the mirror at myself all the time. Now, I know it wasn't vanity, because vanity, you love looking at yourself, don't you? You're very proud of the way you look. Yet myself, it was just total opposite. I hated the way I look. I used to fixate on one part of my body. Most of the time, it was my stomach, so I'd stand in front of the mirror, sort of gazing, and I'll be honest, when I was looking in the mirror, it seemed to get bigger. Um, if it wasn't my stomach, it was my thighs. If it wasn't my thighs, it was my hair. Um, my eating habits were all everywhere, and they were all based on what I weighed on the scales. I used to weigh myself every day, sometimes countless times a day, hoping that bit on the scales would change. Even if I'd put a pound on, this would determine what I ate. I would feel guilty and eating absolutely anything that I would even remotely say was naughty. So there's no way I'd have had a cake. <laughs> and the turning point for me was a time I remember standing in front of a full long length mirror. I can see it now. Um, nobody else was in. And I can remember screaming at myself 
because I was standing there in my underwear and I just thought, you are disgusting. I can remember screaming, you ugly bitch, over and over again in front of this mirror. Sorry. Thinking back now, I believe a lot of it stemmed from experiences at school. And we've got a little picture up now on the screen, if that's all right, Cathy. Now, guess which one's me? So I'm the second on the left in between my lovely mummy and my dad. So I was very, very slim. I was probably about 13 or 14 there. And I do remember lots of kids saying, oh, careful, Julie, your ankles will snap. Um, I do also remember a time being introduced to a boy and he literally called me ugly in front of my face. So you can imagine that really, really, really hurt. Um, we used to always have photos, school photos taken every year. And I do remember a time when one of the girls wanted to have a look at the photos and she has to look at mine and she just looked at it and just burst out laughing. And she just looked really disgusted. So I think my perception on the way I looked was based on what others thought about me. But that was a lie. So I went for counselling. My husband told me I had to do something as it was getting totally out of hand. And around the same sort of time, I'd just come back to church after a few rebellious years away. And I was introduced to a lovely lady who became my mentor. And it was just somebody I could open up to and tell them how I felt. And she reminded me to get back into the word. And that was God's word, the truth and not the lie. So I had to remind myself that I wasn't a mistake when I was born, that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm God's masterpiece. I was made this way on purpose for a purpose. And God doesn't make junk. <laughs> I know that's not in the Bible, but it's, it's true. <laughs> And I am beautiful in God's eyes. And like Kate said earlier, God doesn't look at the outward appearance, but he looks at the heart. So I'm gonna say the question again. What is ugly? Who decided what beautiful is? We should celebrate every single person and we're all unique. Don't let society, social media, magazines, TV adverts, films, tell you what you're supposed to look like. It's all a lie. All this airbrush, airbrushing malarkey, I can't be doing with any of that. We need to get back to the word, and that's the truth. And in John 8, verse 32, it says, Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So I got into the word, and wrote a list of scriptures, and read them every day, declaring how God sees me, really sees me. I'll be honest, it wasn't an overnight miracle, and even now, sometimes I get, you know, that, those thoughts coming into my head when I'm standing there. But I learn now to just keep speaking that word out and declaring that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. So slowly these truths became truth in my heart. So I just want to encourage anyone who feels this way um, to just come and get some prayer when the prayer team are here afterwards. And also, get yourself a mentor. It's the best thing I ever did. Somebody you can guide you. But more importantly, just get into the word and declare yourself a beautiful child of God. Because that's what you all are. Thank you for listening to me.
was amazing, weren't she? <laughs> well done, Julie. Yeah. You know, I think we can all relate to some parts of that of Julie's story, can't we? That there's been times where we've let people say things that stuck, we've let the spot stick, when we should be listening to what God thinks about us. God is into transformation, isn't he? He wants to transform us, and none of us are there yet, and we're not going to be, but as long as we keep working with him and listening to what he says about us. And so if we get back to the Cinderella story then, so it must have been hard for Cinderella to take the constant abuse that she had every day. But don't you think that when, after she'd been to the ball that night, things would have got a little bit easier for her? I almost feel like after that night, she went home with a bit of a spring in her step. Because she's, you know, she's got to go back to a menial task. She's got to go back to the mundane life. But something's just happened with her. She's, she's had an experience. She's met the prince. She stood face to face with him. So although she had to go back to her life that she had before, you know, she may have, she may have got back into these clothes, but I believe that in, a, in here, she was still wearing this dress because she'd, she'd stood with her prince. She'd seen him, she'd met him, she'd had the night of her life of transformation. Well, if we have that with God, we're not gonna be the same. We might, you know, we're gonna go out of this conference today we're not going to be in conference mode tomorrow, are we? On Monday, when we go back to work. But it doesn't mean we have to be dressed like this, does it? You know, we can go with this inside of us and be the person that God has called us to be. And when Cinderella was living that mundane life, she had a decision to make when she had a knock at the door on that day. That when she got a personal invitation to that ball, she just had to accept it. She didn't have to do anything to get there. It was sorted out for her. She didn't have to decide what she was gonna wear. She didn't have to decide how she was gonna get there. Her coach, her horses were ready. You know, all Cinderella had to do was accept that invitation. And today, we've all been invited to the biggest party ever. And you know all we have to do? We just have to RSVP. We've just gotta respond, respond to God. And you know what happens at the end of this story? The, the prince can't rest until... He has, he's got Cinderella's slipper, and he can't rest until he finds her. He knocks on every door in the town. He basically hunts her down. He pursues her. He doesn't rest till he finds her. And then, you know, when he finally finds her, he's happy because this, the shoe fits. The, the stepsisters are trying to pu push the foot in it, Get, try and squeeze the foot in as much as they can, but it wasn't for them. It was for Cinderella. Have you ever tried to do that? I used to do that when I was younger. I didn't like being a size six, so I used to always try and fit into a size five because I thought they looked better when they were smaller. And then you'd be out for like 10 minutes and you'd be like, oh, my feet are killing me now. I wish I'd have just put the bigger size on. But, you know, no one's going to fit into what you are. The prince is after you. He's pursuing you. He's looking out for you. It says in James 4, verse 8, Come near to God, and he will come near to you. God is the prince, and he pursues his bride. We're all his bride. And you know, if you've come here today, and you don't know the prince yet, you might be here thinking, what is this, what we've all been talking about? But he wants to get to know you. He wants to know you. He wants to get into a deep relationship with you. And all we need to do is just accept the invitation. We've all been invited. 
And I, I know a lot of us can say that have met him, that have stood face to face with the prince, that you won't be disappointed. You know, Cinderella was labeled a fool. She lost her identity. But when she stood face to face with her prince, she was transformed into this, into this beautiful dress. Have you, have you ever been invited to a party and then at the last minute, you're like, a couple of days before, you're thinking, oh, can I be bothered to go? Oh, I don't, I don't know if I can be bothered. I don't feel great. I'm a bit tired from work. And then you, you end up slacking it off and giving an excuse why you've not gone. And then afterwards, you meet up with those friends that have been to the party and they say to you, oh, we had the best time ever. And you, you're fuming, aren't you? You think, oh, for goodness sake, why didn't I just go? Why didn't I just make the effort? And then even a couple of years later, oh, remember that night when we was at that party? And you're like, oh, I knew I should have gone. Let's not miss out today on, the, on this invitation. Let's not miss out on this party because we're all invited. And, you know, that picture of Cinderella that was on earlier with the slipper, you know, we've, we've all got freedom in our hands. We've all got something in our future. We've got our happily ever after. It might not be when we walk out this door, but God won't rest until we get our happily ever after. But let's not be the Cinderella with amnesia where we're looking at it and we're thinking, oh, I've forgotten. What, what was this slipper about? What's this? What, what's, what's my future? What, what's God saying about me? Let's, let's look at it and know that, that God is in this, that God is working this out. That, you know, things have been said to us, but, you know, like Kate said this morning, we're going to believe what God says about us, that we are significant, that we are loved, and that, you know what, he will pursue you until he gets you. He will hunt you down. He will go around the whole of West Bridgeford and the whole of Nottingham if he has to, to get hold of you, because he's your prince. And I tell you, when you stand face to face with the prince, you'll never look back. Amen. 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 Thank you.